I am super excited to have you back for another episode of Red Receipt. It's a deep dive into the how and why of the brands we love and the creatives behind them. From blueprints to launch day, customers as community, and the detours in between. Big lessons and easy listening. Red Receipt is hosted by Antidote, the email and SMS marketing agency by people who hate boring email. Today on the podcast, I'm so excited to have Lauren Haynes, the founder and clinical herbalist behind Wooden Spoon Herbs, the brand bringing plants to the people and reinventing wellness with their huge rebrand that's launching this week. I'm such a fan of what they built. I'm excited to have Lauren on, getting into the weeds, talking about the healing power of plants, how she launched and bootstrapped the business with only $200, and ultimately scaling a thriving business with a world-class team. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Where are you from? I'm from Chattanooga, and I moved back here, oh goodness, in in the beginning of 2022, earlier this year. So I was living out in the woods and like an hour and a half away from here. But I've been in this area. Is that where you started? Is that where you started working on it? Not where I started working on it. I started working on it when I still lived in town, but then I, um, I moved, I moved like a couple, I moved out there six months after I went full time with wooden spoon so kind of was it was it intentional like you wanted to move out of town after starting with wooden spoon herbs were you moving because of the property and like the opportunity to have warehousing I was moving and stuff to fit out there? the cottage core or no no i'm just kidding um <laughs> no no it just <laughs> <laughs> it just happened that way no it just happened that way like we'd been <laughs> You know, I wanted to move. I was curious about living like out in the country, <laughs> and I was actually, I was actually really worried. I was like, "Well, no, I was nervous because I was like, I just started a business, and now I'm like moving really. Like, honestly, we didn't even know if we we're gonna have internet out there, so it wasn't a smart decision in that regard. But then that ended up being fine, and it worked out really beautifully because it gave me so much space to focus my energy and like not worry and it was really cost low cost of living so it allowed me to keep all that money in my business and grow is it that is that, that how way. you bootstrapped yeah. from the beginning was just keeping costs on everything super low oh yeah for sure I think about that all the time because I you know I live here again I live here now in Chattanooga but even compared to like the rest of our team who's based in like Austin Brooklyn you know all over it's like my cost of living is so it not so much less, but it's definitely definitely less in comparison to them. So I do think it was a huge advantage being based here and staying here, especially like outside of town for bootstrapping. Because we bootstrap for seven years, for seven years. It's so crazy. I feel like the low cost of living is the biggest life hack ever. I mean, you didn't do it on purpose, but Kind of. I didn't do it on purpose. Well, I mean, it was somewhat intentional. Like, yeah, it was somewhat intentional, but not from a, like a, I'm starting a business perspective. It was just more of a like freedom perspective, which is ironic <laughs> because then I worked like 24 seven for, you know, the whole time I lived out there. <laughs> and it was just like, um, uh, you know, do you miss, but it was nice. I was just going to ask. 
Do you, you I, don't I miss living out in the woods? No. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think I got a good dose of it. It was almost six years, and, like, that was so cool, but I was already ready to, like, move back to a city and just have a community because, like, we had community out there, but they were all Different over vibe. 75, and, you know, there wasn't a lot going on. That's so cool. Uh, it's nice to be back somewhere. Yeah. 75 year old community seems like a way different. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like doing Tai Chi and with 75 year olds at like this weird healing property, like healing retreat center in, in rural Northern Alabama. It's like definitely a vibe. I mean, but pretty on brand. <laughs> it's one that I've already done, you know, Tai Chi. So good. So on brand. So on brand. Yeah. We, I mean, what what got you into herbalism? Mm. Like, did you always have an interest in it? Did you go to school before getting interested in herbalism? I'm going to ask you like a hundred questions at a time. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, did you go to like formal uh, college? Yeah, yeah. I went to college. I I went to college like I did like a dual enrollment high school college situation because I told my parents that I was so bored in school they couldn't force me to go back. So they were like, uh, okay. And they put me in that. And so that, so I was already in school, but I was like too punk for everything. I was like, why would I go to college? I already know everything. I want to be a writer. I don't know to, need to like learn anything to do that, which was so silly. So anyway, I went to school for like journalism and writing and um, I did all of that and then worked for a bit doing like freelance writing around town. It's just such a hustle. It, it's more of a hustle than what I'm doing now. Um, <laughs> because you have to like fight anyway. So that wasn't really my bag. And I was just working at like small, like local businesses in food and stuff. Like I worked at a bakery for five years and then I worked at like a like really great cafe for a few years. And anyway, so once I started learning about herbalism, I think I spent probably the first three years doing self-study and like putting my own curriculum together. And then in 2016, from 2016 to 2019, I did a formal like clinical training with um, with her name's Phyllis Light. She's an herbalist based in rural Alabama. She's a brilliant genius, and so I went and learned from her. It was like a 500-hour program over three years that included like a year of free clinic work, like hands-on. That's work. insane. Uh, what what got you so interested in herbs? Herbs in particular were interesting to me because of the, like, ah, they can just do so much. They just do so many different things. And that's fascinating to me because they're truly just like a system of medicine. I mean, it truly is like, if you are a, like, if you hone your craft, you can work with some really complex situations and clients and that kind of thing. And I just have always really loved nature and grew up outside a lot and grew up doing a lot of outdoor activities and yeah so it really just clicked with me immediately I also feel like I had been interested in things around the periphery of herbalism for a long time and was just edging my way towards it and it was really just like a lock and key when I when I kind of put all of it together because I think that something else that's exciting for me is just how all you really need is either a person or to like you know equip yourself with the knowledge of like what to use and how to use it. And then you really can like, I mean, you can go outside and like pick 
plants and then you can either just take those straight, dry them, eat them, make things with them. And that I think is just so exciting in such a commodified world, you know? Is it weird how popular no, I think it's herbalism cool. or is it crazy? I mean, like how, uh, I mean, actually, I don't even know if this is true. It mm-hmm. seems like it's way more popular now than think- it was when you started. It is. Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. No, no. Like I, I take it for granted because I just live it. Like I see it all the time and I've seen it in real time and it, but yeah, it is. I still think people don't really understand what herbalism means or what it is, or like, it sounds like a funny word that doesn't mean anything, but that's also because like, as a company, we can't say like herbal medicine. We just have to really avoid that medicine word super hard. Um, so I think people are interested in like wellness and I love seeing people like get really excited about one plant or one mushroom and, and like want to learn more about that. But I think we still have a long way to go. It is really exciting. I, I don't mind it at all. Do you feel like most people are still like on the surface? Like your point about being interested in wellness, like they are only focused on like one uh, area of benefits right now. Cause I probably am like, uh, yeah, I probably Say am more. like helping more. with stress and, uh, yeah, stress management. Honestly, that's like my main focus. Oh, yeah. No, that's, that's like our best selling products. <laughs> our best selling products are anxiety ally tincture, number one. So that's more of like a, it's more calmative than the rose colored glasses, which is number two, which is more of like a take the edge off mood lift, like mood formula. And then our third is the herbal coffee for when people are just like too geeked on coffee that they need to take a break or they want to work on their gut health, which also is intimately tied to stress and dealing with it. Um, but were you doing, were you doing like one-on-one coaching before or like, uh, mm-hmm. consultations? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I love, adore client work. Like that's what I'm trying to work my way back towards. It is the most gratifying work I've done. Um, it's just like a totally different mindset than like running a business. So I was taking clients on the side just to kind of like keep, you know, that level of fulfillment up until I just couldn't do it anymore, especially cause I was seeing them for like free or low cost and I just couldn't couldn't do it but I am excited to like get back there in the next 12 to 18 months specifically so you bootstrapped for seven years seven years you know what I started with two hundred dollars which I was terrified to like spend at one time that is so crazy how did you turn I mean how do you do anything with two hundred dollars well because you like you just buy a few bottles and you buy a few herbs and you grow a lot of herbs. I think growing a lot of herbs is part of it. Um, and then I did like a little holiday market. So I bought, I just bought supplies for like one holiday market locally. Did I borrowed a typewriter uh, and I borrowed some stamps to make labels. And then I turned $200 into a thousand dollars and then went from there. That is so crazy. Now, like, uh, yeah, I just feel like no one starts brands like that now. No. Right? Back in my back in my day, we did. I don't even mean like timing wise. I just feel like people, uh, 
just I know, the it's idea crazy of like too. literally doing well, like, it. Like bootstrapping, I think generally means, oh, I had 30 grand in the bank and I decided to start a business. Not like, oh, I started this tiny seedling of a business and like slowly over seven years. But the thing is like, it wasn't slowly. As soon as we kind of had an online presence, it was really explosive. And I think part of that looking back is like, there weren't many people doing it. I mean, there were, there were a handful of people doing it. I, I don't know where I was going with that. I actually don't know, but <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I don't know. I was just like doing my thing on the internet and people were watching and thought it was cool. You know, you build community on social media, you have your little subculture that grows, you all grow together, you help each other grow. And then, you know, but then at some point now I look around and I'm alone and like <laughs> all those people are like, have other jobs. And it's like, it's really great because we still have that community, but I, I don't know like what I did differently. I, I feel like, uh, I again, don't know if it's true, but I feel like you being so interested, also like being involved in client work mm-hmm. and uh, seeing like the effects Mm-hmm. of it and then trying to create products from that that would spread outward like your interest level would have to be like uh make people gravitate towards you like the deeper that you go i feel yeah. like the further you can pro- yeah probably yeah go outward unbridled passion and enthusiasm and it has really propelled me here just like obsessiveness uh, excitement. Yeah. It's like, I couldn't love it more and I couldn't want to know more about it. Like I'm just obsessed with, you know, learning how the body works, learn how plant actions work, learning about the crossover, learning about practical applications. Like it's endless. And that's why I'm doing it is because I've never like as challenging as it is. I always was just looking for like what that challenge was going to be for me. And this is it. How do you keep, like, uh, we started talking about this, but, like, energy-wise, how do you keep going deeper or, like, uh, finding new shit to go deeper on? Oh, man. I mean, it's such a (laughs) rabbit trail. I think I, like, I'm subscribed to a million different journals and get updates about, like, I don't know, like, get really, uh, get industry news or herbal news in my inbox. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I take a lot of courses at night. Uh, (laughs) It's just what I love to do. And it's not that I do that all the time, but like, that's what that is how I do it. A lot of like, like a lot of, if I have a drive, I'll listen to classes or um, yeah, that's for sure a challenge that I'm working to balance more. I mean, I feel like people that get, uh, I don't know, like athletes or something that get big and then they have like the ability to keep their focus, like not on the noise, but on their, Mm -hmm. like the thing that they loved and were interested in in the first place is like so crazy. Yeah. And I I think it's similar, like in business, like as you get bigger, it gets harder to like stay Mm -hmm. interested in the thing that you were into. Not have time for like helping that side of things. But I think also like the way I think about it is like, look, man, if I hired a marketing team and they're going to like back me, then it's my job to stay, to like have my skills sharp and like stay on top of it. 
And so in that regard, it is easier for me to like put an hour on the calendar a week even to like read or I mean, that's like what I read in bed too is like herb stuff. It's like pretty all consumed. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's part of my job. And that's such a beautiful thing. Like, yeah. So that's cool. That's like a, a cool way to look at it too, that you just to like make it so that you can take time. I think as businesses grow, like you could just become consumed by like the day to day of running it. And then you almost like feel guilty about like spending the time focusing on the thing that got you there in the first place. Yeah. Uh, Do you want to talk about like the raising money journey? Yeah, sure. I'm happy to. Uh, so after bootstrapping, like you said, the, I mean, obviously once you got online, like the growth came from people being interested in the space and in the brand. What? Uh, yeah, we grew a hundred percent. We grew a hundred percent year over year for, for five years. How were you, um, were you just like putting every dollar back into the business to sustain the growth mm-hmm. of it? Was that not like really an issue at the time? Yeah, we were prof. We've been profitable. I mean, we were profitable all of those years, and we were just reinvesting back in. The- we were profitable, period, and then we were reinvesting profits back into the business. And going back to low cost of living, I was taking owners' draws, and that was it. And I was doing everything what, uh... myself. And then eventually, I hired like hourly help to for production. And then in 2019, we began outsourcing our production because we just couldn't keep up with the growth of the batches. And I didn't want to build and run a factory. I wanted to focus on the mission. So after all the growth, like what made you decide to go out and raise money and kind of like shift into another level? Was it the fact that you wanted to like keep keep expanding on the growth that you saw like an opportunity in front of you or yeah I, w- I definitely have been really excited by and inspired by the like organic growth um, because I know that we're just scratching the surface right now and there's actually so much more we can do and you know maybe we can be around for 50 years who knows but um, I also just came to, I was really, really burnt out and sad and working all the time. And I just couldn't do it anymore. I, I was like, I either need to go really big and really swing for the fences, or I need to like shrink it all the way down and just see clients and like make things for them. And I just, I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't keep up. It was, I was like making myself sick. So... <laughs> because we already had so much momentum, I wanted to at least try to try for growth and sustainability that way, energy sustainability that way. And so I raised to allow myself to execute my strategic vision and plan and hire the team that I needed to like, I mean, I had helpers, but I never had a team who were experts in their field like I do now. What a... What was it like raising money and getting involved in like that world? I mean, I feel like you probably found people that were like aligned with the personal mission Mm -hmm. and like the mission behind the brand. 
which I don't think happens all the time. Yeah. No, I was really picky as, as picky as I could be. I have like everyone on the cap table is an incredible human I would stand behind and vice versa. And like, it was really just boiled down to like trying to play offense a bit and maybe maybe I shouldn't use sports analogies as someone who doesn't yeah. know anything about sports. I've, I also probably shouldn't use sports analogies. I don't even play sports. <laughs> Swing for the fences, I think I pulled off, but these are clumsy. Just, yeah, so I love everyone. Like, I'm really picky. I don't need, like, I'd rather have support than cash. Like, I want someone who brings more than that to the table. Raising money was really vulnerable. It was really challenging. I'm still in it. Like we're, we still haven't even closed our seed round because it's such a small team that I haven't been able to devote as much time as I need to fundraising. But um, it's it's actually been great. Honestly, I got very lucky and early in the process found our lead investor who it was just right place, right time. Um, and right place, right time asking everyone I knew who had raised money for like tips and like introductions. Um, in 2021, when I was raising capital was, I just think it's so, you know, it's so different year to year. So like coming off of COVID, we'd experienced astronomical growth. We were at a good place to raise. Mm. And the people were there who like people were investing that year. This year it's been challenging. So I'm excited to see what next year looks like. And it's also really scary because I think what people don't realize is once you raise money, you're kind of always in that cycle because it's this these like bigger growths, bigger pressures, bigger buys, bigger dreams, bigger plans, all of that. And so it's like it's really gonna be interesting to see how I can pull us off of that, out of that cycle um, and focus on profitability in the next couple of years. That's kind of what it, how I'm thinking about it. But yeah, raising money was a new, an entirely new, new experience. What's it, it yeah. What's I've it been, been like, uh, like, you know, you said shifting when you were burnt out, it was like either go big, give yourself the time and space to like realize the mission and dream of it. Uh, what's it been like to work with people in like that creative space where you're like allowed to do shit that you dreamed about doing? Um, unbelievable, yeah. It's been amazing to work with such a smart, dynamic, creative team of people. Even like, like no matter what, like what your seat is in on this team, everyone's just so incredible and has the best ideas and their heart and heads are in the right place. And I just feel so lucky to work with everyone. Uh, I'm yeah, was, it's the best team I've ever. Was seen. it hard for you at all to shift into that, uh, space? Like you're working on a, a big rebrand that's been in the process for a while now. And I'm curious because most of the time when you're like bootstrapping, you're in like the day to day shit of like survival and uh, opportunity mm -hmm. and like management and then going into like mm -hmm. the big vision of it is like super creative and fun but was it hard for you to like jump into that no it was like the reward no it was the opposite it was like the reward I 
yeah, it was so much fun. And I think there, it was such a challenge. I mean, working on a big creative team is always challenging because it's hard to communicate ideas, right? So especially remotely, but it was so fun. And then we actually like it culminated with a like studio photo shoot, which I'd never like been a part of that I art directed with our design team um, in New York with this amazing photographer named Joe Lingman. And it, the images are stunning. I can't wait for everyone to see them. And that it was so fun. I'm, I'm honestly like dreading it being over because I want to still see them every week for like check-in meetings. <laughs> uh, what a talking about energy, like I just feel like the energy shift of like going from back into like the vision of it is like so interesting. Do you, what do you feel like you've learned from the team that you've worked with on the rebrand? like in terms of developing vision or like refining it after that long. Cause I think like after you work on a brand for like seven, eight years, like I think the talent of it is being able to go deeper and like also have fresh eyes on it. You know, I think people mm-hmm. get like in such patterns in life and it's so hard to realize that you like can change shit if you want to, or like reinvent the way that you're looking at things, which is so energizing and also refreshing, but hard to remember when those people like aren't. I'll never change it ever again. Most what? (laughs) You you said you'll never change it ever again. (laughs) Never. No, no, never, never, never. Um, That is, yeah, for the record. Um, No, I think I learned like, I felt like I dismissed the trust, the process in the beginning, because I was like, just so I had it in my, like, I had such a, you know, picture in my mind of what it was going to end up like, which is, is so similar to how it did, how it did come out. But, um, the early rounds were like so far off base and I was terrified (laughs) and like, just trust the process. And I think, I think working with people who are so gifted creatively and just have such a big vision and it's not just one person, it's a team, right? So we had like a type designer, we had a copywriter, we had a, um, you know, so many tiny pieces that came together. Um, I think that's what makes it feel so rich is just that so many people who believed in it, worked on it, so many hands touched it and you can just feel all of that energy. That sounds cheesy, but... I just think like I've never worked with people who are so skilled in their craft ever. And um, yeah, just the thought that goes into every detail is pretty astonishing. Um, and I think it really helped me. Also people being like into the, into the brand and the product too. Like uh, I think that goes a long way. They were, I, they were like my dream partners, Gander and um I remember emailing them and they like didn't get back to me. And I just like wrote them this heartfelt email that was like, you guys are my dream partners and here's why. And like, you know, because they're like, who is this at the time? You know, I have this like, whatever, you know, <laughs> handmade website. And that's awesome. Like it was, do- it was doing great, but um, they're probably like, who is she and what is she talking about? And so finally they got back to me and they've become great friends and they have an intention to only design brands for, like uh, righteous businesses who are doing good work in the world. And they have like a in-house project called Meadows where they educate about like native plants and saving seeds and 
uh, pollinators and that kind of stuff. So they're just a super awesome aligned people. And I'm very lucky I got to work with them. After launching the rebrand, like, uh, what gets you excited about like the future evolutions, maybe like on the product side, outside of the brand, uh, especially now with like so much interest in the space of herbalism? Um, I think what gets me excited on the product side is, and I don't know how I'll really approach this, but is in educating people about the plants and like introducing them to each different plant on its own and making them fall in love with it <laughs> just by showing them a beautiful picture and telling them a little bit about it. And then um, and then introducing a product from the perspective of like, and this is how you ingest it and like take it every day. Um, I think product, like product wise, I, we have stuff in the pipeline. I'm excited to do like merch as well with this new brand. Cause that, that'll be really fun. That's um, cool. But I'm actually more excited about building out an educational platform, which is what we're working on for our e-com site and just having like a ton of resources and materials where people can learn more about what herbalism is, why it matters, and how to do it, um, because we just want to make sure we are of you know resource in the community. Do you feel like that's your next phase of like community building? Uh, like it started on Instagram, and now it'll be like a deeper level of resources. For sure, yeah, it'd be a deeper level of resources, and obviously we'll distribute it <clears throat> on all the different platforms, but. But really, we want to do like long, long form content. Mm -hmm. That's cool. That's, <laughs> In a world uh, of short form feel, content. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say. I feel like with everybody wanting short form content, that's like how you can tell who's actually down for the thing that they're making. You can turn it into short form content, but we and we have an amazing director of editorial. Uh, her name's Christine Buckley, and she. I feel so lucky to work with her. I actually found her work because she wrote this article for Bon Appetit that I loved. That was about how blueberries are as just as much of a, it was like basically an anti superfoods in air quotes article <clears throat> about how chickweed and burdock and nettle and blueberries are just as valid as like SIE or, you know, all these, uh, all these other things, all the superfoods that people get excited about and I fell in love with her right then and I was like who is she and then she wrote a book a couple years ago called plant magic herbalism in the real world and I think we just are so kindred in our approach to life herbalism social issues that having her be the voice of having her carry the voice of the brand feels so authentic and such a natural extension of what we're doing that I am very excited to focus on her, yeah conceptualizing and executing that world with her how did you uh did you just reach out to people that you had always followed and been interested in their work like how did you cultivate the team that you have I think so I think so um yeah the team yeah just I guess internet community is just so powerful of and like connecting with people that you actually are into what they're making or doing. Yeah. I, I like our team came from posting job descriptions on social media or job boards. I mean, it was pretty, pretty traditional, but we were, it was a mix of that and hiring people who I'd worked with 
free wooden spoon in other settings. And I think now we're kind of at the exciting place of like, people are stoked and want to come work with us. And it's like, you get to hire some of your old friends. Like I hired a friend of mine who I've known since day one, just from like being herbal internet friends to do some reformulations for us. And like, that's been really fun. So it's, yeah, that's, that's also something really exciting for the future is just being able to grow the team based on all these cool people I already know and, and more. Uh, are you guys thinking about doing any like physical manifestations of the brand like with the new launch <laughs> kind of yeah we're gonna kind of i mean we're doing like some holiday shows we're gonna do that in person um my dream like living back in chattanooga there's so much like cute historic real estate that now is being um like <clears throat> paid attention to and like made use of and so I mean my dream is to have like a wooden spoon store in real life that's like somewhat of a cafe somewhat of a herb shop somewhat of like a yeah yeah there's a little seedling of a vision there so that's kind of my dream other than that I I, and, and if we did something somewhere else it would be like it would be like a version of that popping up somewhere so that that would be really fun that would be cool that would be awesome uh the rebrand launches like in a week from now <laughs> 10 10 uh, <laughs> um, is there yeah i don't know is there anything like you want to say about anything the rebrand about the rebrand for <laughs> yeah yeah it's just like uh yeah the culmination yeah, I mean... of like eight is it eight years total yeah, culmination of eight years of what we've been doing. And I think it's like the best version possible of what the packaging can look like, what the packaging copy can be, what the web experience can be, what the web copy can be. Like, I really, we put so much into every single word, every single image, every single, like, there's just so much love and attention to detail and like thought in all of it. So I'm really excited to share it. And our products are better than ever. Like we have amazing partners that we work with to get all the products into the world and they taste really good and they work really well. So I don't know. Such a fun time to like feel so proud about uh, what you're doing that you're like excited to share it with everyone and have them like finally experience all of the work. All my friends have like dropped their jaws. All of the buyers have been so excited. So I think we're really onto something. What's the like switch out like with all the retail partnerships that you have? Yeah. So our wholesale manager, Sarah, she started like in May putting together the strategy and plan to like make sure they all are very aware a million times of what's coming so that they have, you know, three to four months to put things on sale, three to four months to really think through like how they want to do it. And we're not being super hardcore about it. We're like, if you still have old packaging, that's okay. We have really long shelf life dates and, um, and we're not, we're, we're still proud of that packaging too. It's just, we're excited about this new stuff. So we've done a lot, we've done a lot of handholding with that change out and it, it's been pretty seamless. We opened up pre-orders and that's been really successful. So that's good. When uh, when does the education platform part of it launch? Is that 1010 too? 
Yeah, yeah. It's something we've been building, but we have more robust we have more robust design to support that content now. So it will launch on 1010 with our new website. And then in the back half of 2023, we're gonna start layering on like actual classes in herb, herbal education. Amazing. Are you uh are you taking are you doing like a little pause after the after everything launches to like revitalize or are you just gonna power through you know what i it's q4 it's like the go time of go times so i'm gonna probably power through hard consider no i mean no it's not it's not (laughs) like it's something i've thought about but i'm trying to like bank my rest now before launch and like there's so much to do but trying to like make sure i you know sleep enough eat enough all of that that those pieces um, because it's going to be really full on. And then maybe at the end of the year, we'll take a pause and regroup. I mean, hopefully it's like energizing because of everything coming to life. And it's like, going to be less work because right now we're like working on the, on getting everything done. And then once we launch, everything will be done. And we've, we've done so much planning that it'll, it'll feel breezy and fun. And like that we've set ourselves up really well. <clears throat> I think. I'm, so cool to watch from the outside i mean i've like had small involvement i think you can probably tell from listening to this if you are but uh yeah it's cool to watch from the outside also to like see people when they're in like the zone of creative flow because i feel like that's pretty rare too and a time uh that you'll look back on for a long time and just like appreciate the energy around everything. I think like after, uh, after the launch, like, yeah, I'd be curious, like how you keep like tapping back into that and going back to the community that you've built that has like put so much energy into it too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. It's something we try to remind ourselves of, of when, you know, days were feeling really long is like, we're going to look back. This is going to be such a magical time and just to really like savor it and not wish it away. Um, and it has been fun to like bring in the community more, whether that's for like testimonial spotlights or just really starting to have the space to implement, um, you know, feedback from our customer care inbox. I don't know, like all of it's fun. I, I, I think the burnout comes from more like long days than like tired of the work, but yeah, yeah, for sure. I feel energized all the time. I mean, I feel like though, if you're uh, like from the bootstrapping days to now, like uh, if your focus was on like the stresses of shit that you were doing, then obviously like you get burnt out over time. But I feel like when you're in like the brand space of it, you're like playing around with like what you would want things to be like, which is such like a life-giving way to work on stuff even if it's still stressful i mean that's my personal opinion like if i could like stay in that mode then everything's like building instead of just Mm -hmm. focusing on like problem solution Mm -hmm. type stuff uh yeah i'm like rambling about i feel like i would love to stay like i mean that's no like i hear you i think that i feel the same way but it's just like when you're you know when you're like setting up freight lines and then calling the same manufacturer five times a day to make sure things are like going out on time, you know, it's like, that's, 
it's, you know, but it's all brand building because you have to build those relationships to like make it all work and you have to creatively problem solve constantly. And let's not talk about manufacturing. Yeah. Me out. I was going to say, actually, <laughs> what my point was more is like, I, it's curious or interesting to me that like in life, you have these times of like creative spurts that pay off so much for a long period of time after and like when you when it's all culminating and you feel like so proud of everything it's like so obvious that uh everything was worth it pretty rare time too yeah it feels real it feels really special i can't even tell you how proud i am well i'm super excited to see everything uh yeah i would love to do this again too after the the rebrand launches and then hell yeah (laughs) thanks sean let's do it for sure Bread, 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 bread,